Hey everyone, thank you for checking out the episode, but before we get to it, we want to tell you about our sponsor, River City Music Group. River City Music Group is dedicated to the success and prosperity of their clients and their careers. They strive to provide outstanding service to their clients in multiple facets of artist management by providing counsel on professional decisions and opportunities, managing schedules, implementing strategic growth plans, and representing their interests within larger productions and corporate entities. Are you an artist looking for that next level in your career? River City Music Group is ready for you. Locally owned and operated by Tyler Gage and Nick Gammon, these gentlemen have years of industry experience that they are ready to provide to you. Where can you find River City Music Group? Simple. You can find them on Facebook at River City Music Group, on Twitter and Instagram as well, at River City Music Group, or by clicking the link in our description within the episode. Contact River City Music Group today to jettison your career to the next level. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Get Low. I'm Joe. I'm A.A. Ron. As always, how are you, sir? I'm doing good, dude. It's like 90 degrees outside, but I'm chilling in sweatpants and a hoodie. That, that, what? (laughs) Because... Well, okay, I live in a basement, so the AC is running at full blast, and the AC goes right through my bedroom. Gotcha, gotcha. Which is lovely. I wouldn't have it any other way. Well, I guess the question I, I like is, the cold. I guess the question here is for everyone, you know, do you prefer the breeze between your knees? Is that is that how you do that? You just sit kind of like legs wide open in your comfy pants, hoping that the AC kicks on at the right time, right in front of the vent? I mean, yes. <laughs> Look, if it's like if it's like warm outside and there's a nice breeze, that's when you got the shorts and the tank top on. But when you're like when it's actually kind of cold and you're just relaxing and shit, sweatpants and I mean, hoodie all day. I'm with it. I'm with it. Or skinny jeans and a hoodie. And any any man out there who says they don't do that, it's bullshit. Like Derek Lewis said, yes. my balls is hot. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, you know, we, uh, we had a great time last episode with rivals. Indeed. That was a blast. Um, they are absolutely amazing. If you haven't had a chance to go listen to that episode, go listen to that. And then also go listen to rivals as well, because they're just amazing and, uh, keep it on repeat. Um, but, uh, today's episode we're just going to, we're going to kick it. We're going to talk about some new music that's out. Um, I know you have a certain uh, selection of music you want to talk about. I have a certain selection of music I want to talk about. So let's dive in. Um, you start because you actually sent me some stuff uh, for that. And, uh, you know, I, I just listened to them because um, I haven't really had a chance to dive into that lately. And uh, all I can say is, holy shit. <laughs> Well, before I go into that, um, I don't, you didn't hear it because you were talking, but I just like flipped my mic across my desk screaming, holy shit. There was a goddamn spider cricket on my desk and it scared the piss out of me. Yeah, not anyway, all that. <laughs> so apologies to the listeners that heard me scream like a little bitch. Um, yes. So, um, Joe, what, so we're in 2021. So 11 years ago, a band dropped a legendary EP. It was uh, the Devil Wears Prada dropped the Zombie EP, and um, the listeners may not actually know this because they haven't come up a lot in our show. But the Devil Wears Prada is like one of my favorite bands. They were like one of the first core groups that got me into heavy music. Mm-hmm. And um, I believe it was Friday they dropped the Zombie Two EP eleven years later, which is unbelievably good. Took them long enough. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I, I bet you it had influences from the pandemic too. Like I oh, would guess. Without a doubt. I'm I have no doubt about that. I mean, literally, if you listen to the zombie EP, the original zombie EP, it is literally that. They they wrote a zombie horror movie in music fashion, and it is one of the best pieces ever. <laughs> like yeah. bar none, that whole entire EP is is amazing. Now you had me listen to Forlorn and Contagion, mm-hmm. or Contagion, Contagion, however you want to pronounce it. Um, <laughs> uh, I've heard it pronounced both ways: Contagion and Contagion. 
Uh, so for being someone who has listened to the entire EP, what, give us, give us the breakdown. What are you, what are you feeling from this EP? Breakdowns. Um, beyond that, I mean, like, honestly, you heard the song, you heard the two songs that I showed you. There's a lot of breakdowns. Oh yeah. Um, Without a doubt. I, uh, so give you a little backstory. I'm actually not a fan of the original zombie EP. That was like one. All right, of everybody. Well, it's a short episode tonight. I'm glad y'all could hang out with us. Uh, catch us next. <laughs> look, look. Here's the thing. I am a fan of literally every album and every EP this band has put out. It, and for some reason, like I, I like the zombie EP, you know. But I just didn't. I didn't connect with it like a lot of people did. Um, I don't know. It just. It, for, I guess for the time, that's not what I wanted. But uh, like going, I listened to it. I went back and listened to it after I listened to the zombie too, and there were definitely parts of it that I can agree that are great and that I enjoy now, but I didn't know really what to look forward to because their last album that they released, their newest album, um, which the name escapes me right the second tired as fuck, but um, was my favorite devil Wars a al- devil Wars Prada album to date. So which I had one, mixed feelings. Which album? Um, the, the latest one, the one before this, uh, the, uh, act? the act. Yes. The act is my favorite devil Wars Prada album. Um, be and like second to that is the alien EP or the space EP. God, I'm horrible with names today. I feel like a lot um, of people are gonna disagree with you on this. Probably, I know a lot of people like the act. It's like people were like, Oh, yeah, this is the Devil Wars Prada's comeback. This is the best album. I know that there was a lot of people that agreed with me that it was their best album in a long time. Uh, as far as the space EP, I don't remember what kind of what the reception was for that. Um, but I liked it, I thought it was great. Um, anyway, so going into Zombie 2, I wasn't really sure what was going to happen. And they brought the heavy. That's for damn sure. And I fucking loved it. I also loved how they gave Jeremy a little bit more of a spotlight on this EP where it wasn't just all chunky breakdowns and deep growls. They gave him some singing parts too, which arguably is my favorite part of the Devil Wears Prada is Jeremy, his guitar, and his his voice. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what got me into them. So... I, I, I don't know. The whole album is just, I'd say well-rounded. The, album, it, the, the whole EP is just very well-rounded. You know, They're, every song is heavy, but every part, every song is not just chuggy growls the whole time. They put, they had a lot more tools in their toolbox now, 11 years later, that they were able to incorporate into this EP. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, now, great. I loved it. As somebody who listened to good old Tidwop back in the day, uh, the zombie EP is, like I said, in my opinion, one of the greatest pieces of musical work ever. <laughs> but that's also because I am really big on like zombie movies, uh, horror movies in general, and like the the full effect of it, like just how they built it up uh within the ep itself was fantastic i mean you can listen to any song on that ep and know you're listening to the zombie ep like it, mm-hmm. it it's just it's just so damn good and i'm not gonna lie like uh, so the ep currently is called z2 um it's it, it's yeah named as such um or zii for those of you who don't know roman numerals uh but <laughs> z z <laughs> but you know it, you definitely you definitely could if you wanted to put these back to back in a playlist and run it from escape to contagion so aaron doesn't give me an odd look again i know he did even though i can't see him uh you could you could easily put these two eps back to back and it would sound like one whole album the only difference would be production yeah. would be production value which take nothing from it. The zombie EP had phenomenal production value, but it was 2010, you know, we're in 2021 where audio production has, you know, gone light years ahead of what it was back in 2010. And it's just, you, you feel like it's, it's genuinely a, a continuation, which is fantastic. And I don't know if that's what they were aiming for, but from my first listen, just from the songs that I heard 
Uh, and from, of course, being someone who has played the zombie EP countless times, and I mean countless times, it genuinely feels like you could do that. It genuinely feels like you could put the two back to back and just play from Escape all the way to Contagion, and you would feel like you just lived through a, a zombie horror movie. And that's I, oh, a, that's I totally amazing. Agree with that, yeah, yeah, I totally agree with that. In fact, um, I know I do know that there was some intention there. I I did watch some interviews. Um, that there was some intention there behind connecting the two, but um, Mike actually said that he did um want the Z two EP to be more relatable to, like I guess an over dramatized current society, like. He, he intended with the, the lyrical content for there to be connections with our current society and how we've like what the pandemic could have been or even how the pandemic did affect people. Mm-hmm. But he also kind of spun that into the zombie EP, if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, no, I, I, I get that. And, it, and that's the thing, though, is like, honestly, name a better time they could have put out the CP. Like, well, I think it depends on I think it depends on. Uh, I get well you, you know you got those you got those people out there right that are just like oh why would you release this during a pandemic blah 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 like one you're either marketing or two what a just a horrible time it triggered me blah 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 but yes I agree with you well, I think that they couldn't have picked a better time I, I'm gonna say this and, and I'm gonna hurt some feelings real quick if you're triggered by people talking about COVID or about the pandemic get over yourself like yeah, the world is starting to spin once again. Thankfully, everyone's finally getting back to some sort of some semblance of normalcy. So if you're triggered by that, look, my shoes need a good cleaning. You can lick them. I don't care. Like, get yeah. over yourself. Take the trigger somewhere else. I don't care if it was marketing. I don't care if they were just gaining inspiration for the fact that we just lived through a literal pandemic for the last almost year and a half. But. Well, actually, no, definite year and a half, because if you think about it, the uh, COVID actually started in December of 2019 in China. So we've been living through this for a year and a half at this point. T- take some inspiration. Like we talked about this before, where bands who want to take the time during the pandemic to write music that that, that just hits them. And, and we've seen a lot of music come out uh, from throughout the pandemic where they, they took inspiration from the fact that they were in lockdown and they could write all they wanted. You know, I, I know, I know musicians personally who I've talked to and they have told me whether it's guitarists, bassists, drummers, uh, vocalists, uh, you know, it doesn't matter what, what, you know, you play in the band. There's a lot of musicians out there who I've talked to who've been like, yeah, dude, I've been writing consistently. Not all of it sounds exactly like I play live, but guess what? That's okay. Because I can do other things throughout this time but with an ep like this uh, genius marketing genius marketing if that's what you're aiming for because you <laughs> like we 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 i'm pretty certain and i'm and i'll fully admit i'm one of them i was fully awaiting the, the zombie apocalypse last year like i was like <laughs> i was like yo this is some weird stuff going on and i'm prepared to see like people start gnawing other people's limbs off and like straight up walking dead it's going down like load up the shotguns and put them down we're about to have a fight like that's that like we're we're one we're one bad disease away from the zombie apocalypse in my opinion especially after living through a pandemic (laughs) i was gonna say and not not even because of people like raising from the dead or anything it would just be because people don't know how to fucking act when there's a crisis correct Absolutely. Got people kill. I mean, look, if, if you push the pandemic to where it pushed us a little harder and was like a little rougher, people would have ended up shooting each other with toilet paper. People are fucking filling plastic bags with gasoline. Like we do not know how to handle crisis. So if the pandemic would have been worse, if like the death rate would have like doubled or some shit, bro, it would have been fucking I am legend part two. Like yeah. without the monsters, we would yeah. have been our own monsters. It's, it, I mean, it, you know, and not to get any political uh, situations here, because that's not what the show's about, you know, but just looking at it from that standpoint to, to kind of bring this to a, uh, a you know, conclusion on, on that whole statement there. It, you hit the nail on the head by explaining that people don't know how to handle a crisis. 
if a zombie apocalypse broke out, I guarantee you someone's going to break out their phone. They're going to see some dude getting his face gnawed off and they're going to be like, oh, look, Snapchat, Instagram, look, Facebook, someone's getting chewed up. Yeah. Shit, it happened. It happened when bath salts were a damn thing. Like, that's not even a crisis. That's just somebody who decided bath salts were a good idea to try and huff a little bit and then started gnawing some dude's arm off. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> but bringing it back to the music, there is there was no better time for them to release this EP. It was like they were they were given a gift. They were given well, a gift people, of saying, like... fans have been begging for them to release a part two for years. And they like, they didn't want to do it because it wasn't the right time. Right. Like you gotta right. think. Think about this for a second. Think about go go listen to any other band who has a major hit like that. Not even just a single, let alone an album or an EP. Think of any band who has an everlasting EP like that. We're gonna be 50, 60, 70 years old and people are gonna still be bumping the zombie EP. Absolutely. Yeah. That's just a piece of art that just is timeless. And the Devil Wears Prada knew that. They knew that going in. They were like, you know, going into writing this, I'm sure they they probably knew like, hey, this is an album that we don't want to like tarnish unless we know without a surefire fact that the next one we put out as a continuation or as a, a Z2 or whatever you want to call it, we don't want to go into this with a surefire effect of knowing that this next EP is going to slap as hard, if not harder than the original. And from the I mean, songs I heard, I appreciate Go ahead. No, finish your statement from the songs. I heard they hit it. They hit the nail on the head. Like I said, you yeah. could, you could stack these two EPs top to bottom, escape to contagion. And you will literally, like it, it, it's just a full ride. I, nice, I, yeah. I've never seen a band do it. I've never seen a band do it. I I can easily say with, with music like that, especially such as, as, um, Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, as story based, I guess you could say, uh, I guess that's what, what I'm aiming for here. Uh, with a theme, there we go. A theme. Mm-hmm. We, when you have a theme like that and they, they're able to stack it like that 11 years later, bro, no, that's, mm-hmm. they, they win. They win. Yeah, absolutely. And I was just going to say what I love about the devil Wars Prada too, is like, first of all, I have a couple points here. Mike is a tremendous writer. Mm-hmm. Like whenever, I don't know. Have you listened to the act or like, um, Oh, the album, like the, some of their newer stuff, like 2017. And so, Yep, so I've listened to every single EP. I mean, EP okay, and album, rather. So. Okay, so I don't know. Have you heard um, The Key of Evergreen? Uh, to The Key of Evergreen, sorry, off of... Um, blue, uh, blah, blah, blah. I probably have. Anyway, it was their main single from um, their album before the act, which was Transit Blues. Um, that I think that song just cemented for me how good of a writer Mike actually is, and like the idea for some of his music, specifically talking about this song for a second, came from a book he read. Like, and he was he took the way he reacted to that book emotionally and mentally, and basically wrote a song to fit that like that in between space, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think that I love they they do that a lot, honestly, and. You know, some people might say, oh, you're writing a fucking EP about zombies, but and like that's childish and blah, blah, blah. But he makes it so like thought provoking, like and I get that way every time they release new music, to be completely honest. Again, I think the first zombie EP just hit me at the wrong time. I really wasn't into like the deep growls and stuff like that back then. But if that I feel like if that EP would have come out like the like within the last five years i would have been bumping that shit all day like mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying absolutely so z2 coming out has it might have revitalized my love for the devil worth product and in doing so will make me go back and appreciate the original ep yeah no i i completely agree i i couldn't agree more because like it it's just it I, I i mean i've said i've said everything i can about it it they they have they have done it again and 
I mean, it, so I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say as a hot take here, probably, um, and and some people might hate me for this, but like, you know, going back and listening to all of their old stuff, um, the last it was the album before the act. What what album came out before the act? It was uh, Transit Blues. Transit Blues, and then I think they put out another EP, didn't they? Mm-mm. Alien EP came out in 2015, the year before Transit. Okay, Blues. so those two, those two, I was space like, EP. Jesus Christ, the Space EP. Those two, I was like, mm, mm, like it wasn't my flavor. Okay. When the act came out, I was like, well, all right. <laughs> but you have to realize, like, I when I got into Tidwop, the first album I got into was with Roots Above and Branches Below. Thank and you. I heard and I heard the zombie EP after that. Cause I, I you know, I find I found the Devil Wears Prada uh and I found that album with Roots Above and Branches Below, and I'm like, this is this is this is amazing. Like like I, I what? Like you you hear it's it's almost like um with roots above and branches below there's a song on there that is almost as iconic when you hear the notes as welcome to the black parade and that is assistant to the regional manager mhm oh you, such a good song <laughs> yeah you hear the opening notes of that song and you're just like oh shit turn it up like because you know what song it is you you yeah you, you know without a shadow of a doubt what song it is you, you there's no question there's no denying that that is assistant to the regional manager by the devil Wears Prada. and so when i heard this album i'm like this is such an amazing album front to back this is this is true metal core like and they were that was at the raging metal core era that's when a lot of these bands were really exploring metalcore and finding their own like whether it was you listen to kill switch engage you listen to the devil wears prada you listen to any metalcore bands out there at the time time. under oath exactly you listen to these metalcore bands and they're all exploring the the metalcore genre because metalcore as a whole is not and it's not it's nice we get to talk about metalcore kind of a, a bit more in depth because we don't we haven't really talked about metalcore we talked about bands within it and especially in the days uh, of today, but we've never talked about the classic metalcore that the the era that I grew up in, and, and I'm I'm sure you listened to it as well at that time. Well, you did because you grew up on Under Oath, but yeah, you know th- those bands were m- paving the way for what metalcore bands would be, you know, emulating for years to come, and mm-hmm. those same bands weren't even ready like weren't even at their prime yet these bands were finding their sound they were finding their resolve they were on the road consistently in in many vans and and you know charter vans and and playing shows and clubs and and bars and not even playing these giant amphitheaters at the time and they, they were just refining their sound and for the devil wears prada to have put out the zombie EP and with roots above and branches below, they kind of put a a stamp on their refining at the time. And I feel like that's part of why those two albums later, uh, space EP and transit blues didn't sit well with me because I just didn't feel like they had. And and this is gonna make me sound like I'm going against what I've said before, but I promise I'll make my point, but it felt like they had stagnated. It felt like they were just kind of putting together something to get it out there. But a lot of people liked those albums and that's perfectly fine because as we've said before, a band can do whatever the hell a band wants to do. We like, we, we watched Lincoln park of all bands go from new metal spiky hair with random people floating in a sewer to playing damn near folk tunes like like a band can do whatever the hell a band wants to do and but now that we're finally seeing the devil wears prada with the act and z2 coming back into their own uh, of what you know a lot of the older metalcore fans liked i'm gonna call this what it is and i'm so happy they did it but it's fan service 
this whole EP and the act as an as an album were fan service. And I'm and I cannot thank them enough for that. Like I don't know I don't know if you know this, but I actually had a chance um oh, who was it? It was uh one of their guitarists. Um we actually played a show with them a few years ago. You did. I yeah. was there. Yeah. And I had a chance. I, I, I genuinely wish I could remember his name. It was one of their guitarists. I it's know not that Jeremy, much. right? Jeremy's one of the guitarists. He also sings. He's the one that looks like Jesus. No, it wasn't Jeremy. Hang on. I can't remember his name. Hang on a second. I'll tell you. I promise I'll tell you. I don't think he's in the band anymore. They, I think Jeremy and Mike are the only original members. Uh, let I might me be wrong see here. Members. So when we played with them was 20. I remember it was one of the biggest in, in-house shows we've ever played. We played to damn near a thousand people in, in uh, the building. Um, well, It was phase two, wasn't it? No, no, it was actually at Liberty. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Hang on. Um, it may... It was at the Schilling Center. It may have been... I want to say it was Kyle. I want to say I was talking to Kyle. Yeah, because it wasn't Jeremy. It had to have been Kyle. Because Kyle, Kyle's wasn't been because the- Kyle's been their lead guitarist since 2016, 2015. and we played with them. Wait, in- wasn't that the game? Wasn't that the show you and Blake, both you and Blake's bands played? Yes, bro, we- that was a minute ago. That was like twenty thirteen. No, there was no way it was twenty thirteen. I I didn't join that band until 2015, 20- late twenty fourteen. My first show with that band was in November of 2014. So it, it had to have, it had to have been Kyle. It had to have been Kyle. All yeah, I remember, all Kyle. I remember was I remember seeing him on stage. I stepped out back cause it was, it was hot. I just got done moshing. Uh, the show was over. They had already wrapped up and we had a nice conversation, but like, like being able to talk to them and, and hearing the the process. Cause I remember, I remember the conversation very well. Cause I asked, I was like, you know, are you know, where are y'all going musically? Like, are, are y'all, are y'all going to be, you know, leaning more towards continuing the growth of your sound and such. And I remember, I remember very distinctly, he said, he was like, we're just doing what we love. And that's what music's about. And I was like, thank you. Like, that's exactly what I like to hear because a band, a band is not, a band is not built to just do one thing, you know, they're they're not built to be this symbol of what you want. People play music because they do it. They they play music because it's something they love. They 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 love making music. They love playing music. And the fact that a band can do that, the fact that a band can continue to grow and play what they love, is amazing. But that's also why I go even further in saying thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, because these two last albums, Z two and uh, the Act were fan service to the max. And without a shadow of a doubt, like that, that, that shows what that shows. If there was ever a reason to back the devil wears Prada and, and the craft that they, the, the, the craft that they have, the music they produce, there's ever a reason to back them. It's that they listen to their fans. They listen to their fans and they go, okay, the fans like this. They also like this based on what we're doing. We love both, even though they're, they might be different. Let's give them something they enjoy again. That, that maybe this other group over here enjoyed that this one never really got a chance to get fully embrace. You know, like you have a fan base who really enjoyed the zombie EP and uh, uh, with roots. And then you have everyone in the mid 2010s who enjoyed everything else. All right. Well, you know what? Let's go. Let's get. Let's give these fans back here uh, some more stuff to love as well. That not only will they love, but those mid twenty ten fans will love as well. Absolutely. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. 
Not and, at all. None. And here's the thing. People get two things. They don't think that you can have fan service with also doing what the band wants to do. Those two things are very plausible to happen at the same time. Yes. Because I don't think the Devil Wars product was like, oh, well, they all want Zombie 2, so I guess we'll waste a year and a half of our lives and go make it. You know, I'm sure they wanted to do it, but it can also be fan service, you know? Oh, yeah, without a doubt. By the way, the show was on um, March 5th, 2016. That's what I thought. Okay, yeah, yep. And it was your band and Pathway Home opening for the Devil Wars product at the LaHaye Event Center. For all you listeners, we've been we've never said the band's name to this date. So if that ever gave you an inkling of what to go check, if you really feel that passionate about finding out what band I played with, good and luck. It was sold out. It was sold out. And it by was. the way, yeah, it was really hard to find. I really had to do some digging for this. <laughs> Dude, I remember. So uh, a little little sidestep on this there, real quick. Joe, before I even met you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, I remember. I remember you were there because we had talked about this before um, at Dapper Dan's. Um, but I I distinctly remember from that show. We got the so ACP had just come out too. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to give you a little story real quick. This is, this is a really funny story. So we were on the road to go play a show in Mannheim, Pennsylvania, where August Burns red shot one of their music videos. Mm-hmm. It was the same building that they played in to shoot that music video, which is cool. So we're on the road. We get the call. Hey, Per this poll, because they, I remember, I remember the people who booked the show had put out a poll because everyone was saying like, I'm not paying that much for just an opener and the Devil Wears Prada. Like, there's no reason for me to pay that much money when I, uh, like, why? I would pay that same exact amount of money to go see a tour happen, like a, a big tour with, you know, three or four bands on it. And so they put out a poll and they were like, what other band do you want to see on this show? And we won that thing by a landslide. We had no idea we won by a landslide. We had no, all we knew is that maybe like one person had mentioned our name. We're like, we're not getting on the show. We're not even going to worry about it. I had booked tickets. I had booked a flight to Texas (laughs) for that week. So I was out of the state. I was in a completely different time zone for the week leading up to that show. We find out. So the whole thing was we were going up to Pennsylvania, which is a five hour drive there, five hour back. So 10 hour round trip. My plan was go play that show, sleep on the way back, pack my bags when I got back because we were going we were planning on getting back at like three or four in the morning. My flight was leaving at uh, three in uh, no, excuse me. My flight was leaving at four o'clock out of Richmond, so I had to leave town by no later than one. So I basically just said, screw it. What I'm going to do is I'm going to go to this show. I'm going to sleep on the way back. Give me a good five hours of sleep on the road. If you've never, ever taken a road nap in a band van, it's magical. <laughs> I'm going to sleep five hours back, get home, pack my bags, go get breakfast, and then just drive to Richmond and wait for my flight. We're on the way to Pennsylvania. Get the phone call. Hey, y'all won that uh, vote by, by a landslide. Would y'all like to play next Saturday? We all went, hang on a second. Did you just ask us if we wanted to play with the Devil Wears Prada? Like, do, do you just ask that question? Like, is that something people actually have the opportunity to say no to? Because I, I don't think people would say no to that. So, of course, we take the show. And that's when, mind you, we're on the road to Pennsylvania, and I'm flying out the next day. And I was like, guys, I'm not going to be back until Sunday. Like, this isn't this isn't just a situation where I'm going to be like, all right, guys, I'll be back soon. Bye. Like, no, I'm out of town until Sunday. The show is Saturday. Like, how do you expect me to do this? So we're, um, we, you know, we, 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 we get back. And I remember uh, when we got back that the plan was to, um, to go ahead and get our manager at the time to uh, play bass for me. Well, I gave him everything he needed to learn the songs. He did not feel comfortable learning those songs. So basically, you know, we, we were just like, okay, you know what? We're, we're going to figure this out. We're going to figure out what's going on. Um, and I had to reroute my flight to come back a day early. Okay. Mm-hmm. That Friday, I'm going to give you this, this whole piece, this segment really quick. That Friday, the day before the Devil Wears Prada show, 
I was at Austin city limits seeing Starset and breaking Benjamin after the show, I went to a place called the domain where I got extremely drunk, got back to where I was staying, which was with my best friend who lives in Austin stayed with him. So I got back late. I mean, late, late. And my flight was leaving at the ass crack of dawn. Drunk, grabbed my bag, got in his car, took off for the airport, got on the flight drunk. Somehow made it through TSA and everything. Don't know how I did it. Got on the flight drunk, got back sobering up to meet our manager in Richmond. And then got driven all the way back to then go grab my uniform that I wore on stage, go to the show and made it there with about two hours to spare on maybe two hours of sleep. (laughs) Probably still a little drunk too. Probably. I, I honestly don't remember what I do remember though, was we were, we had to finish sound check. We got sound check done. We were in the green room and I said, Oh, I left something on my rig. I'll be right back. And I have a picture on my phone right now. When I walked out onto the stage and all I could see was a sea of people in that room. Cause it was a big room. Like think for listeners like out there, double the canal club at least. Yeah. I would say the best way to picture this is like a high school gymnasium. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good, that's a good representation. Yeah. Like a high school gymnasium full basketball court style. They had the stage of course, which was massive, but the rest of the floor that wasn't barricaded off, which was probably three fourths of the floor was full of people. So mind you, I'm thinking to myself, we're going to play a smaller show. We're, we're just playing a show. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be able to be front row to watch the devil wears Prada. Nay, nay. No one told us the show was sold out until two minutes before we went on stage, bro. You <laughs> want to talk about an electrifying experience. We came out lights go dark and the entire place just, <laughs> and I mean, it was deafening absolutely deafening and i know you know this because you were there yep and bro holy shit dude Dude, we attract a crowd yeah yeah Uh, because like we didn't we didn't know what to expect but that shows and i say all that you know that was a fun little story but i say all that to say that's the magnitude in which the devil wears prada has on the metal core community, the metal community as a whole, even like you saw people of all ages, minus infants and, you know, toddlers, people of all ages at that show. I mean, we literally, like I said, that was the biggest indoor show we've ever played. One of our songs we have, I can't name it. Cause that'll give a lot of things away. One of the songs we have, we always play it last and we always call a circle pit. And when I say that thing was enormous, like, holy shit, I was in awe. I was like that. What? (laughs) That's for us. (laughs) Yeah. So at that show, I was in the front row on if you're facing the stage, I was on the right side. I remember that because Jeremy was playing and singing directly in front of me. (laughs) Hell yeah. Hell yeah. it was a great show, dude. I, I, I remember I was like, man, what the devil was proud of Liberty university. It's not even the vine center. What kind of, what kind of weird shit is this going to be, bro, bro. It was fucking packed. You could not yeah. walk. Like, yeah. No, without like a shadow of a people doubt. that were like ice skating next door at the La Hey ice center and shit like that. You're just like, who are all these emo kids? Yeah. You know, you know, they had to be asking questions like what in the hell is going on here? Right. The other thing is many of our listeners probably don't know, uh, Liberty university where the show was held is like a Christian university. Yep. Um, where in the devil Wars Prada were like a very much so Christian band for at least half of their career, maybe more. So I would say half, I'm pretty sure Mike came out and said that they weren't a Christian band. Uh, and like, 
2014. Yeah, it was somewhere around then. Yeah. Um, I just remember though, because like you know, they still attract a very big Christian crowd, such as other bands like Under Oath and As I Lay Dying would. But you know, they were part of that like try. Like they were all they were the three biggest Christian metal bands at the time. Yeah. Um. Anyway, I just remember like this sea of kids, and you could tell some of them were like straight laced Christian, some of them were emo kids, some of them were kids that just wanted a fucking headbang, and they didn't care if they had to come to a Christian university to, to do so. Yep. Uh, it was cool. It was a great show. I also remember that the Devil Wears Prada were told they were never allowed back after that. But then, do you know why? It was because of something Mike said on stage, wasn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So I'll give you that little tidbit of information real quick. This was a hilarious and also kind of like off color. So, um, at that show, mind you. So keep keep in mind when we say if you've never heard of Liberty University before. They, for a long time, were very straight laced, tight knit, like, don't, you don't, you don't draw outside the lines kind of thing. Brimstone, wrath of God, you can't be gay. This was the very first show they had. And I say show, I don't say metal show. I say show. This was the very first show they had where they allowed moshing. Okay. I can't tell you how many people got kicked out of that show. I know a few of them personally. Um, all because the security guards didn't understand the difference between pitting and fighting. When they right. saw fists start being thrown, they thought people were fighting and they started throwing people out without warning. Like they were walking in, scooping people out and throwing them out. And I'm like, what what is oh, going on here? Right. And didn't Mike get pissed off on stage about well, it? Well, Mike got pissed off about it and he said something. He was like, I remember he did say like Yo, I don't know what y'all think y'all are doing, but like the our fans are out here having fun. Why are y'all doing this? Like, can somebody calm security down? Because you had a lot of straight lay security out there who was just like, they were definitely not in their element. They had no idea what was going on. But the thing that got them banned from Liberty essentially was Mike. It I remember it was between songs, and the band got real quiet, and everyone else got quiet, and then. You'd hear like the occasional woo, yeah, Tidwap, brother. And Mike just turns around and looks at the crowd and goes, fuck Trump. (laughs) And the the crowd went ballistic. And I mean, when I say ballistic, you had some people who were just like, woo, and some people were like, oh, hell no. (laughs) And it was in them like, remember that. Yeah, he said that and they went into a song and then it was like as soon as they were done playing, basically like you just see this swarm of Liberty people get up on stage and get their gear off the stage and like remove them as quick as possible. I think Mike did it towards the end of their set too. Yeah, yep. Mm -hmm. Because, Because I remember, I remember this now, this has unloaded a lot of memories. I remember Mike actually talked about that at some point and was like, yeah, I I went to Liberty University and played a show. I knew what they were about, and I knew exactly what I was going to do. And I got off stage, and I knew they probably would never want me back. <laughs> mm-hmm. What's funny I mean, is they were asked to come back again in 2020. So the the thing about the the thing about that though for me was like <clears throat> I I like I'm not this so this just, we're not going to get political on this show. So uh, any listeners out there, I'm sorry, I'm not sorry. No, it, we're not going to get political, but whatever your political affiliation is, there are times to say it and there are times not to say it. If you're going to give your opinion, give some sort of substance behind it as to why you say it. And while I'm not, while while I'm not going to sit here and judge him for saying it, because I have no doubt in my mind, I'm sure I've said something at some point in time that offended somebody. It was almost as if, because at the time, like it was like people were really hating Trump. Yeah. And it almost he was seemed provoking people. Yeah. It almost seemed like he was provoking because it came out of nowhere. It, it literally came out of absolutely nowhere. There was no lead up to it whatsoever. It was just quiet. And then, Fuck Trump, boom, 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 boom. like, and it is. They just go into a song, and it's like, huh? Is that how you lead that song all the time? 
Well, like, because that <laughs> there was no context. There was no, there was no like, let me tell you real quick what's going on in our world today and in the society of the U.S. and whatever you want to say. No, there was none of that. Listeners, when I tell you there was zero lead up to this, I mean, like it was, it was like walking into a damn Walmart and a flock of ducks walk out with groceries. That's how random it was. <laughs> like you, you weren't prepared for what was going to come your way with that. And again, you know, mad props. If that's how you feel, that's how you feel. Like you want to say it loud and proud, say it loud and proud. I don't give a shit what your political affiliation is. Say whatever the hell you want. As long as it's not like, you know, racist or homophobic or, you know, any kind of bigotry or whatever, you know, be, be kind. We, right. we like kindness around here, but why? Like, <laughs> we'll just, what, 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 like who pissed in your Cheerios that morning to make you want to go like, you know what? Fuck Trump. Like, <laughs> like I don't, I don't understand. I honestly, it, I honestly just think, I honestly think he knew that Liberty university was very supportive of Trump and was very like right wing as it was. And I just think he wanted to go in there and he wanted to shake some shit up. Honestly, well, yeah, I, I wouldn't well, be surprised if that was his intentions. Well, there was no, there was no secrecy to that as well, because he, it was all on national news that yeah. uh, Jerry Falwell openly supported him. Like he had him mm-hmm. at the school. Like there, Jerry, Jerry was very, very open about supporting Trump through his candidacy in his first presidential run and in his second. You know, he was, he, there was no secret to it. And this took place right after he, uh, no, wait, was it right after or right before? Uh, right before right before he got elected. So like this all had happened in the lead up to his presidential, you know, nomination. Right. So it was like, and I don't, I don't know, like not to, again, we don't get political. We're not gonna talk politics, but like, it, it was just one of those things where like, I applaud you for doing it, but I still ask why. <laughs> like it, 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 it I, me, I would like, and back in 2016, you know, I was, uh, fuck. I was five years younger than I am now. So I was like, I was like, I was like 16. So 16 or 17. And oh, that like, makes me feel so old. I know, dude. I, <laughs> I was 16 or 17 when I saw that show. And, uh, I, I remember that. And I was just like, okay, well, that was cool. Walked out. Like I didn't give it a second thought until I saw it on the news. I was like, huh, I guess that really meant something to some people. (laughs) Somebody got really pissed off about that, huh? Okay. Well, I guess I'm just, I'm just here to watch this pretty boy play his guitar and sing, sing me to sleep while watching, (laughs) watching, but apparently we can't do that here. And yeah, I don't know. It was interesting. Um, By the way, to backtrack a little bit, the current members of Devil Wears Prada at the time at that show were Mike Horanica, Jeremy DePoyster, Andy Trick, and Daniel Williams. They only had four members at the time. Uh, are you sure? Are you without a doubt sure? Because I'm looking at a list right now. And it says they had, let me count it. Hang on. So I'm looking right now. And from what I'm seeing at that exact time that they did that show, it says Mike Horanica, Kyle Cypress, Jeremy DePoyster, Andy Trick, Daniel Williams, Jonathan Garrick. I believe I believe Jonathan Garrick was a touring member. I don't think he was actually a band member, but I look, this Liberty University article could be wrong because that this is literally a a article about the show. Well, and it says who they are currently is Mike Aranica, Jeremy DePoister, Andy Trick and Daniel Williams. But that's what I'm, uh, that's what I'm getting at is I think that was an old time, because if you remember, if you remember right before that, they were a four piece, like on their previous tour, they were a four piece. And then on that particular tour, uh, I know for certain Kyle was on it. I remember there was like five or six members on that stage when they played. Mm -hmm. So like, I'm fairly certain that picture was old because a lot of people no, it was old because a lot of people who saw that picture were like, why are they using this? as their promotional material um, for, no, no, I'm sorry, forgive me. They weren't even on tour. They just came here. They flew in to do the show. 
they were paid to fly in and do the show. They weren't even on tour yet. Right. So that's where I'm, I'm, I'm thinking like maybe they just used uh, old pro, uh, promo just because they hadn't done any new pictures yet with the new members. But I do remember Kyle was there. Kyle was there. I spoke with Kyle because <clears throat> if I had spoken with Jeremy, uh, dude, I wouldn't have been talking. I'd have been like, talk to me. Like, let me hear your voice. I just, I just need no, to. You must be right. You must be right. Because this, what I'm reading here says that Kyle joined the band in 2015. Uh-huh. So huh. who knows? I don't know. But give us your thoughts. Give us your thoughts on it. Um, I'm going to save my album for next episode because that one's going to be one we're going to talk about a lot as well. Uh, but give us your thoughts on the new Ted Wap. What do you think of Z2? If you've listened to it, if you haven't, go check it out. Um, and then of course, you know, tell us also, uh, on Twitter or in our messages, when did you first listen to Tidwap? What was your first experience? I think that'd be, that'd be a nice thing to hear. Um, of course you can send us voice messages, uh, at anchor.fm forward slash the get low music or excuse me, get low music podcast. Uh, you can also hit us up on Twitter at get underscore low underscore pod. See, I catch him on his toes all the time. Listeners, see, mm. I do it. <laughs> but yeah, send us those messages. Let us know what you think, um, and tell us. Tell you know what? Also, tell us your favorite uh, favorite show memory if you've if you've seen them live. Um, I mean, I can definitely say playing with them was amazing. Um, but uh, tell us that as well. But Aaron, I think it's uh, I think it's time for us to toodaloo you know, hop on out of here. And, and yeah, uh, guys, we didn't, we didn't really have, we didn't really have like a guest or anything this episode, this episode, you guys just got to hear Joe and I have a conversation that we probably would have had if we didn't have this podcast. So, exactly. And that's what this podcast is about. Talking about music. Caring. And, oh yeah. Yeah. But uh, I'm going to tease next episode a little bit here because I'm going to tell you right now. So this particular album dropped this year. Um, it dropped just a, a couple, maybe a few weeks ago. Uh, and I was not prepared for the intensity <clears throat> that this band brought. This is not a band we've spoken about before. Uh, this is a metalcore band. Um, and when I say they have, I don't even want to use the term reignited, but they have dumped kerosene on the campfire and we're watching the whole forest go into a blaze. That's how big this is going to jettison them. I have no doubt, but we'll talk about that next time. So let us know your thoughts on Tidwap. Oh, yeah. We'll catch you in the next one. I'm Joe. I'm A.A. Ron. And as always, Get low.